technology shouldn't scare law firms. It, it's got to be embraced because wherever your clients are now, um, you need to be in front of them. And, and video, web, teleseminars, webinars, all of these methods give you the ability to get in front of your clients. And, and that's what it's all about, approving your expertise in your area of law. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi. We're glad you could listen today. I'm coming to you today from Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from a very sunny and warm Southern California, where it's about 70 degrees. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued. Bob, we would like to take this time to thank our sponsors, SunTrust, who offers private wealth management solutions for attorneys and legal firms at suntrust.com slash law, and Clio, web-based practice management program for lawyers at goclio.com. And as well, LexisNexis, a leading provider of information and business solutions to professionals in a variety of industries at LexisNexis.com. Well, Bob, there's no doubt that the legal industry has gone global. Political, economic, social, and technological advances around the world have created a very competitive environment, which forces law firms to compete against each other in new ways. So legal marketing is spreading throughout the world. So today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to discuss the best ways to market to clientele stateside and worldwide, and also take a look at some of the new trends in international and global legal marketing. Uh, Later in the program, we're going to be joined by uh, a a U.S.-based legal marketing consultant, Ross Fishman, but we're going to start in the first half of the show today talking with Nick Jervis, director and founder of Samson Consulting in Bristol, England. Nick is a non-practicing attorney. He has 19 years of experience in marketing law firms. Nick specializes in developing marketing, sales plans, and strategies for law firms. So Nick Jervis, welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer. Hi. Uh, thank you very much for the welcome. And uh, after after hearing the uh, temperature over there, um, I'm a little bit jealous. It's uh, it's about 40 degrees over here as opposed to 70. So uh, I'd like to swap. Well, well, don't be too jealous because I, I'm in Boston where the temperature is uh, very similar to what you're describing over there. Uh, only Craig gets the sunshine. But. Okay. And, 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 and I do it each week just to poke at Bob to let him know how it is out here. <laughs> I'm sure it works very well. <laughs> it does. Well, Nick, what is happening in the legal industry which made you decide to not be a solicitor any longer or remain as a solicitor but uh, concentrate instead on the marketing side of the industry? Um, well, I, I, I entered the legal profession without qualifications, and I worked and studied at the same time, which took about eight years in total to qualify as, a, as an attorney or a lawyer over here in the UK. Um, but quite early on, I, I was offered a job with a different firm. The firm I was with said, no, we don't want you to go next. Stay here, but we haven't got any work for you to do. Um, so they said, we'll give you a marketing budget. You generate your own cases, and if that goes well, we'll all be happy. Um, so I did that. Before I'd entered the law, I had had some marketing experience, but very little. Um, but very quickly, I realized that, that I really enjoyed the marketing of the practice. I really enjoyed going out and bringing the business in, um, actually far more than I did doing the work. And um, occasionally, I'd think, well, I must be missing a trick here. I must be missing something. I'd get a marketing consultant in to help me. 
um, and generally found that they knew less about about marketing and law firm than I did. Um, so I realised there was there was quite a gap in the UK um, and, and 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 everywhere in legal sectors showing lawyers how to actually get the business through the door, and uh, and that was something that I seemed to be good at and something that I really enjoyed as well. So so that was it then. But uh, yeah, I was in the law for 14 years in total before I, I left to set up Samson Consulting. Nick, I uh, want to talk a little bit about trends in, in marketing, but, but first, uh, tell us a little bit more about your firm. What kinds of law firms do you work with? Uh, any particular size, any particular specialties, any particular focus areas? The, 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 the key thing for me is, is working with the decision makers. Um, so it doesn't particularly matter about the size, but I, I like to work with the, the people that make the decision can take action quickly um, and implement changes and see massive results. The sort of um, structures that don't work for me well is, is where the, uh, the law firms do everything by committee um, and everything takes months to be agreed upon, by which time the, the opportunity that was there is gone. So I like to work with, with firms that can move quickly. Um, so, you know, I've got some firms that are, are big firms in terms of reasonable size firms in terms of turnover, but very small management structure. Um, so they're the ones that, that I enjoy. I like to, I like to get results. I'm not a, a marketing consultant that's, that's full of fluff. I like to get on, get in, get in, get on with it, um, and get results and move on to the next project. Well, there have been some pretty racy ads both here in the United States uh, that we were talking about before the show, uh, in particular, a, a divorce ad that was up on a billboard that, that uh, basically showed a, a couple of uh, half-naked people and you know encouraging adultery and divorce. And we've seen some, uh, some interesting ones in England. Uh, what's your reaction to these kind of ads? How do you think that they uh, assist in marketing as a legal, the legal profession? I think there's a fine balance. Um, I mean, I, we, we've we've done some telly ads and, and newspaper ads um, where we try to use humour. Um, one of my other businesses, LawtyLaw.com, and we we promote legal services. I promote a, a it's a marketing collective for, for solicitors in the UK, um, and we try to use humour in that because because generally lawyers aren't associated with humour. So, I think the fine line is that. Anything that, that sort of breaks up the stigma of legal services being a bit dull um, is quite good, but I think you can definitely go too far. And um, certainly the the um, the Law Society ad, which I know um, Ross Fisherman has got on his 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 website, which you were going to mention, that that, that I would say is one of those areas where you've you've probably gone too far. Um, there has to be a fine balance. It still has to be professional. Um, you can have a joke, but but ultimately the service is quite a serious one. And, and just for the benefit of our listeners, that you can, you can see that at Ross Fishman's website, which is rossfishman.com. But it's an ad that shows three uh, three men holding briefcases uh, with a caption over them saying, "Which of these men do you think would be best at rape?" Um, and uh, and there's some fine print uh, there as well, obviously. Uh, but it's it's an unusual ad, uh, and uh, it, it sort of with some, some interesting some... reaction. It sums up the law society over here, which ran the ad. Um, and generally, our law society, I don't know whether you have the same sort of body over there, but it's the body that looks after solicitors over here. Um, and occasionally, it decides it's going to throw some money at advertising and promote the good name of lawyers and say how wonderful they are. But, but by and large, nearly every time they get it massively wrong, spend tens or hundreds of thousands of pounds, but, but get the message wrong. Um, <laughs> it's, it's general brand awareness, which achieves nothing and just costs a lot of money. Um, well, well how they, was it received? What was the reception of this ad? 
I don't remember that ad. I mean, it looks like it's probably about 20 years old. And, uh, oh, I see. and so at the time, I probably wasn't, it's just before I entered the legal profession, I probably wasn't um, following it quite so closely as I would do now. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's a little bit dated. I think it, it, I think it was trying to take on a sketch from John Cleese where um, they're talking about classes and they've tried to do the same sort of thing, but I don't think it's worked. I think that would be a, a fair assessment. Do you agree? Definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, no, I don't think it would pass muster over here. No. But are you finding that, that um, law firms in, in the UK are very traditional, very buttoned up and stayed? And is that the kind of advertising or marketing that uh, is encouraged? Or is the whole concept of marketing and advertising and morphing into more of a little bit more freewheeling? It, it's it's definitely moving, um, but but your first sort of uh, summary is is probably right. You know, we still get, I still get so many solicitors. I work with uh, business commercial lawyers as well as private client lawyers, so uh, across the board a good mix. Um, and I still am constantly told by solicitors, well, you you can't win clients from your website. No, that won't happen. That just doesn't. That's that's ridiculous thing to say. It won't happen. So, whilst I've got people saying that there's other solicitors of mine that, that are making you know excellent fees every month from from clients generated from their web strategy um so a lot of solicitors lawyers over here are, are very um conservative and they do what they've always done and the trouble is with the with the economy of the last couple of years what used to happen with solicitors that lawyers they'd they'd do what they'd always done and they'd get the same results so they'd largely they'd get by um, but what I think they're all finding now is that they do what they've always done and they actually get diminishing results. So whereas they used to just, just by being there, having a, an office presence, having a list of old clients, that used to be enough to get people through the door. That's not anymore. You know, the client's buying habits have changed. And whereas the clients used to just go to the same old solicitor because they had always done that and they've always been there for them. Now those same clients are saying, well, okay, I need a solicitor. Let's, instead of going where I always go, let's look online, see who I find. Let's see what's out there. Um, and the solicitors that haven't moved with the times and haven't got a good web presence are missing out massively. Um, and sadly, a lot of them don't realize how much they're missing out, and they are going out of business. And, and we're seeing that a lot more over here. I don't know what it's like for you, but, but that's certainly the case that those solicitors that have just got by doing what they've always done are starting to disappear. Um, they haven't accepted they need to change, and they haven't gone out there and, and started to change. And I think that's sad. In your mind, what makes a good web presence? Um, well, it, it's, I mean, the wonderful thing about the web is, is every solicitor wants to prove that they're an expert in their field of law. Um, that's what puts you above your competition. If you can show, look, I really know my area of law. I am an expert in this field. Then, then people are much more likely to choose you. And, and your, the web presence gives you that ability to, um, to prove their expertise by, by having good content on there, um, good questions, answering legal issues in their sector. Um, having a, a regular and useful um, newsletter. I don't like the term newsletter because it's, it's just too dull, but an e-sign or um, a regular you know, legal um, hot spots, hot bits of information, whatever you want to call it. But it just means that, that you can absolutely prove your expertise. And, and before, you know, you found me through my web connection because on my website there's loads of marketing materials for lawyers, solicitors. There's loads of content on there to help them market their, their businesses. Um, and, and hopefully you, you looked through there, you found information, you saw feedback and thought, okay, he seems to know something about marketing. We'll have a chat with him. And, and it's the same for, for lawyers. You know, they, it's about putting great content on the website, proving that they know their subject matter and, and being found then by someone. So if someone's looking for an accident attorney, say they, they type an accident attorney in the, the state they're in, 
they see this one website constantly coming up with more information, more advice, and they think, okay, well, that's the go-to guy for accident attorneys in California or wherever they are. That's the person I want looking after me, and, and they'll go after that lawyer. And that's that's what the web gives you the ability to do to to prove your expertise in your area of law. I mean, it's, it's just a fantastic tool. You know, an interesting uh, development last night, just last night, a, a law firm here in the United States called Howry that was a, a well-established and well-regarded law firm uh, voted to dissolve. Uh, it, it's interesting in light of this conversation because Howry was long seen as kind of a trailblazer in its advertising yeah. and its use of the internet. Uh, it was one of the first, if not, I think it was the first U.S. law firm to have a real um, sort of commercial advertising campaign, uh, getting away from the old tombstone ads and that kind of mm. thing that law firms used to use and and, and develop uh, uh, more consumer-focused uh, advertising and, and to use the web. Uh, that was back in the early 90s, uh, and here it is these, these years later, uh, dissolving uh you know what what what's this what's the secret to keeping this going to, to i mean having a web presence having a good marketing campaign are, are those enough are, are there other ingredients that are essential for a law firm to to bring into the mix to make this all work i, I think the thing is now um with what's happened in the last couple of years in the economy is is i've called this period the the transparency decade Everything you have to be, everything you have, you do has to be done for the right reasons because you believe it's it's right. What you're saying, you believe in fully. You're not playing the game. You're actually doing. You're walking the walk and talking the talk. So if you're saying we're the best law firm and we we care about protecting um, divorce victims, we care about looking after accident people. That's that's what you have to live and breathe and actually act out. And therefore, all of your marketing communications follow that core message. Um, and I think that's the difference now, whereas for years, businesses have got by sort of saying, well, yes, we're like this, and this is the way we do things, when the reality is something completely different. And I don't know about the firm you mentioned, but you know, maybe the message wasn't always consistent or it wasn't properly followed through. But to me, if if they get that message right, and if they, they have people driving it forward and they all believe in that message and everyone within the firm is is on board with it, then, then a firm will survive. And if they use the right channels, so you said, you know, what else can they do? They need to be using everything to prove their expertise. So that's web and that's having um, email uh, to their clients, their client database. The way that, that lawyers have always done well in promoting their services is by traditionally putting on seminars. Um, but that's changed now. It's actually even easier to do because you can do tele-seminars and webinars. But again, all you're doing is proving to your target market that you fully understand your area of law and that you can look after them for, for anything, any help they need in that sector, you can provide the answer. Um, so tele-seminars and webinars are another great way of getting in front of your client. And then the, the, the one of the ones that I see working really well over here, and I see a lot of it in the States, is, is video marketing. You know, again, because well, traditionally lawyers, I know both over there and over here, are, are, are not seen as the most approachable, friendly, fun guys to, to deal with. Um, so anything you can do to break that down and to, to make it clear that, that these are approachable lawyers is a good thing. And video does that brilliantly. Um, and, there's all, you know, you don't have to do it yourself. There's great companies I know in the States. I've come across, I don't know if you've come across, Charlie McDermott, GetStandoutTV.com. Uh, but he does web marketing for a lot of lawyers. And there's there's, there's all smaller agencies. There's um, There's all sorts of ways you can get video onto your website. And I know that, that when it comes to technology, a lot of lawyers are scared, but you don't have to do it on your own. You know, you don't have to do it by yourself. I, I am telling lawyers how to do it. 
and I give them a blueprint for how to do it, and then they can go off and do it themselves and get someone else to do it. But technology shouldn't scare law firms. It's got to be embraced because wherever your clients are now, um, you need to be in front of them. And, and video, web, teleseminars, webinars, all of these methods give you the ability to get in front of your clients. And, and that's what it's all about, approving your expertise in your area of law. What role do you see social media playing in lawyers' advertising or marketing? Oh, social media. I, uh, this, is, this is one that definitely sets most lawyers I know uh, running for the... the, the um, running for cover um but the the thing about social media is is to to forget the tag because i think the tag scares a lot of people and as soon as they hear the term social media they think youth kids you know it's not for me it's not my thing um but ultimately if you just think about marketing a law firm marketing is about putting yourself in front of your clients and being where your clients are and making sure that wherever they need whenever they're looking for your area of law expertise they find you um so if your client base whether international or national, if your client base is using social media, then absolutely the law firms have to be on social media because otherwise they are missing opportunities of putting their name, putting their message in front of their target audience. Um, I think that the trouble with social media is the word me in it, that it, it is um, the people where people go wrong is talking constantly about themselves. Um, and social media is about giving. It should be social. It should be called social media because it's about helping people out there, helping your clients, your prospects, contacts, um, giving information, giving advice, giving people solutions to problems, um, which is what the lawyer's role is. So social media gives you the great opportunity to do that. Um, and it absolutely should be a part of, of any marketing mix, national or international, because it, it's a great tool for getting you out there, finding answers, but also helping people, giving people answers to their questions. Nick, we're just we're getting close to the end of our end of the segment of the program, and and before we close, I'd like to give you an opportunity to kind of give us your 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 wrap up thoughts, your your final thoughts on perhaps on the state of uh, the state of legal marketing uh, in Great Britain, and. Uh, also, let our listeners know how they can follow up with you and find out more information about what you do. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> this has gone far too quickly. I've got so many things I hope to get to talk about. Um, I think the, 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 one thing I'd say that, <laughs> the one thing I'd say is that um, you know, most people use their website as a sort of online brochure. Um, and the, the general stats are that for every 100 visitors to a, a lawyer's website or any website, 98 of them will leave without doing anything. So, so one of the biggest mistakes to correct, whether you're international or national marketing, is to give people the opportunity to request some information from you, capture their email, capture their data so that you can keep communicating with them. Um, and when I've done this with law firms over here, it's the second, third, fourth opportunity that that you, you're keeping in touch with them, that you start to get the instructions. It's really hard to go from a visitor to your website and suddenly becoming a client giving you thousands of pounds in fees. Um, you need to warm them up. You need to show them that you're an expert. One way of doing that is getting their email address and then keep on giving them really useful and relevant information to prove your expertise in your area of law. So if you're going to create one mistake, that if you're not currently doing it, give more information on your website, but collect email addresses once you give that information. Um, I think that the opportunities you know, out there for, for lawyers at the moment to reach their clients, they are better than ever. Um, I've got clients over here that are small firms that are competing and beating the bigger boys because they've got a great online strategy that is working really well. That's simple. It doesn't cost a lot. It takes a bit of time to put good quality content out there, but it, it gets, them, gets them to the top of Google. It gets them inquiries every day. 
And, and the good thing about lawyers is because they don't like the marketing, the web can work really well because it brings some inquiries to their desk. They don't have to leave their desk. They can reach new people all the time. So it's actually pretty well suited to lawyers because that they, they don't have to leave work to market their business. They can do it from the comfort of their desk. Um, so that's sort of my, my parting shot. If you want some more information, I offer a free guide from my website, um, Eight Ways to Win New Clients for Lawyers, and that's at samsonconsulting.co.uk. Um, I also link to the five fatal marketing mistakes that most lawyers make um, in the first email, so I've got a video in there as well. That's at samsonconsulting.co.uk, S-A-M-S-O-N consulting.co.uk. Great. Well, thank you very much, Nick. We appreciate you being on the show. Uh, that's Nick Gervais from the UK, and we are going to take a quick break now. When we return, we'll be joined by Ross Fishman, JD CEO of Fishman Marketing. We'll be right back. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the role of security in cloud computing. Jack, what about security? Are there any ethical or security-related concerns that need to be addressed with cloud computing? We're starting to see the first ethics opinions come out on cloud computing, and the early proposed ethics opinions like that from the North Carolina State Bar indicate that there are no ethical issues relating to the use of cloud computing in a law firm, but that as with the use of any third-party provider, an appropriate amount of due diligence needs to be undertaken to verify that the provider you're using has implemented an adequate level of security and privacy precautions and is essentially taking due care with your confidential client data. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager, is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS 70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge, or to learn more, Visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to westlegaledcenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. 
Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. Our next guest today is Ross Fishman. Ross is uh, a lawyer and the chief executive officer of Fishman Marketing. Ross has an international reputation as one of the legal profession's most experienced and innovative marketing strategists. He helps law firms develop unique marketing and differentiation programs, including websites and advertisements. Ross has built brands for 75 firms worldwide and given over 250 presentations on five continents. A former litigator, marketing director, and marketing partner, he has received dozens of marketing awards, including the uh, International Legal Marketing Association's Grand Prize, the optional Best to show on her five of the nine times it has been presented. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Ross Fishman. Thank you very much. Well, Ross, we were we were uh, we've been talking in this show about uh, about legal marketing, and it, one of the uh, issues that that caught our attention uh, was a, a post on your blog in which you had a post entitled "The Worst Legal Industry Ad Ever." You picked up on an old. Uh, UK uh, Law Society ad that uh, perhaps was not in the best of taste. You know, tell us a little bit about that and, and, and what you think that that what the lesson of, of that is uh, in terms of legal marketing. Uh, well, the ad was basically a an advertisement to um, uh, encourage people to use their lawyer directory. Sort of instead of using the yellow pages to find your lawyer, you should go to their solicitor's directory and find your lawyer that way. Um, the ad, um, I don't have it in front of me, but the ad basically said, which of these lawyers, it showed three, um, three men in suits, uh, very lawyer looking men, and said, uh, the headline was something to the effect of, which of these lawyers would be best at rape? Um, certainly an uh, attention-getting headline. Uh, I found it mildly uh, appalling. Um, when I, it, it caught my attention, I read the ad and found that really what they were saying was which of these um, lawyers would be best at um, criminal defense law. Uh, you know, one was a bankruptcy lawyer, one was something else, one was a criminal lawyer, and then they wanted you to um, uh, to, to, to tell that you couldn't uh, tell the, the difference among them. And so, um, you know, you really should use their directory to, to help identify lawyers. But using rape uh, in that casual a fashion, I just found just remarkably appalling. Uh, and it certainly generated, now that I've, I've, I've posted it to the blog at, uh, at rossfishman.com, um, it's generated a significant amount of, of interest and, and uproar. And do you think that the the basis of it being uh, an English ad, a UK ad, as opposed to a a um, US ad? I mean, I, I know that when I travel internationally, I am frequently shocked at the things I see on television in Europe that uh, would offend a lot of people here in the United States, but apparently are very well accepted in Europe. I understand that, but I think that, and I and I I agree that there are certainly different sensibilities. But from the comments that I've received on the blog and through email. Uh, this this so clearly crossed a line, um, you know, in that it's really not a cultural issue. Uh, I think that the general tenor of the conversation seemed to be um, rape's not funny, rape's not clever, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't mean it's not clever in the United States, but it could be in the UK. Uh, people in the UK were equally appalled. I'm just as a marketer and knowing how difficult it can be to get creative marketing through. Um, through committees of of lawyers, committees of uh, executives, 
um, how something like this actually made it through a committee. I'm just, I'm, I'm just astonished. I would have loved to have sat in that room and, and listened to the discussion and, and have no one say, are you kidding? We can't run this. Are you kidding? Um, and, and, and somehow, somehow it ran. Do you think that the reaction would have been different if they said uh, which of these three lawyers would be best at burglary? It's an interesting question. Um, I think that it's certainly not as highly charged. I think that that, that um, would not have generated nearly the outrage. I think that there still would have been lawyers who would have said that that's inappropriate just to sort of equate um, uh, you know, a, a profession like law with uh, criminal behavior, but I don't think it would have. Um, I don't think it would have been effective, but I don't think that it would have been nearly as inappropriate as people found um, rape. It's just such a charged uh, term and such a charged, um, highly charged act that I, I just can't. I can't imagine people uh, allowed this. The executives allowed this to run. Well, you, you can't really argue with the results. I mean, it certainly got the attention. And it, it certainly did. Uh, now, this, this ad was probably from the 70s, uh, judging by just sort of the, the, the look of the ad. I don't have the actual, uh, you know, the original directory or, or where it ran. Um, so I really don't know whether this generated, at the time, whether it generated outrage or, um, you know, significantly increased sales. Yeah. Ross, uh, we were talking in the first part of this program to a marketer who is based in in England, uh, and you, of course, are, are based in the United States, uh, but you work with a, a number of different uh, law firms and a, a law firms across a number of different uh, different sizes of the spectrum. Uh, how what's how is the sort of the globalization of law affecting marketing? How are you advising your clients differently than you might have uh, even just? you know, five or 10 years ago. No, it's, it's, it's interesting because marketing in the United States, law firm marketing in the United States was only um, permissible starting in uh, 1978 with the, the Bates uh, U.S. Supreme Court decision. And then, and I've got into marketing um, around 1985 when I, I started doing some marketing as a, as a lawyer and then full-time in 1990. And so I've really got started uh, in marketing at the very, very close to the beginning of it, and I've watched the evolution um, in the United States. What I'm seeing around the world is that different countries are approaching, you know, have have come to that same um, uh, the same marketing issues in the same way that we have, and different countries and different cultures are at different points of their own evolution. Um, the United States came to marketing first. Um, Canada and the UK sort of watched for a little while, saw that it worked for us, and then, then jumped in their own cultures and their own you know, senses of humor and sensibilities. Um, I'm seeing in, in, in Africa and South America, uh, different countries in Europe, that they're also doing this same, this, this same thing. It's still unethical in some countries. It's um, ethical, but uh, frowned upon in others. Um, just as it is across the United States, in you know, state to state, they have, there are different um, issues relating to marketing and their uh, receptivity to it. And so the first thing that you have to do is understand the country, the culture, the jurisdiction, the personalities of the people who are your target audience. Um, and what I'm, what I'm suggesting around the world is that we take the lessons that the United States and, and some countries in Europe have learned 
um, about marketing and trying to apply those to their own, their own cultures. We know what tools work. We know how they work. We just have to apply them within their own cultural sensibilities. But are you suggesting that law firms need to be cognizant of of the sort of global marketplace out there? In other words, I, I mean, it seems to me that even you know, I, is, is, I, I'm a I'm a solo practitioner in a small town in Massachusetts, and and I'm getting, uh, you know, I get emails every day from from uh, outside the United States. Uh, how does that relate to how a law firm that's in the United States should be positioning itself with respect to the rest of the world? Well, it's challenging. Um, there is no, you know, rest of the world um, in, in, for marketing purposes. There are different jurisdictions, and, ev- and, and every single person is going to view your firm or your marketing through their own um, style and personality and, and cultural lens. And so it's difficult to be wildly creative um, for, a, for a large international firm if some of those things may not um, not be effective in other countries or may be viewed as humorous in the United States, but uh, offensive in other countries or, you know, clever or creative in one jurisdiction, but, um, you know, inappropriate or offensive or unprofessional in another. It's very difficult to, to balance something that works effectively um, with you know, all the different jurisdictions where you're running it. So you really have to be very careful about what your message is and where you where you run it, and you've got to be sensitive to the the, the, the cultures of every place, every country, every city. Uh, in some cases, where you're going to be running your marketing, it's a very difficult uh, balancing act for large firms that have centralized um, marketing. And marketing is just not about running ads, is it, Ross? It's not. It's uh, ads are one of the most obvious um, execution tools. But when we when we talk about marketing, it's 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 all of the things that can build your reputation, that that build a perception about you and your practice. Um, if you, Bob, if you're getting calls from around the world, um, your marketing has caused that to happen. It has it has been effective outside of your uh, home market, and people understand who you are and what you do, and you have done that intentionally and strategically and um, and effectively. Um, so the question is initially in marketing: What's your message? What's your strategy? Who's your who are your target audiences? And then what of the many marketing tools that we have available to us would most cost effectively uh, and effectively um, convey that message to them? Advertising is one of the most obvious tools. Um, it's something that some firms do, but most don't. Um, other marketing tools that you can select include things like a website, a blog, um, public relations, you know, getting quoted in the media, um, or writing articles, giving speeches, um, you know, all the, all the kinds of things the, that, that you can do to create a perception in the mind of, of some audience. Um, it's very often thought of as either, marketing is often thought of as either public relations um, or uh, advertisements. But it's really a, a wide range of, of uh, effective tools that uh, companies use that law firms have adopted as well. Ross, what do you recommend for somebody who's uh, just starting out as a lawyer and uh, maybe hanging out their own shingle and, and really doesn't understand, uh, you know, we're barely able to practice law? Um, what kind of a message should that lawyer be sending? You know, the, 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 you, you've asked that question well. It's, it's what, what kind of message should they be sending? Because that's really the critical issue. 
Um, too often what our message is, is I'm a lawyer, hire me. Um, and which basically just buries you in the middle with everybody else. Um, most of the law firms that are marketing ineffectively, and I would suggest that most law firms market ineffectively to varying degrees, um, most of the, 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 the biggest problem that they tend to make is that they really don't understand their message. They haven't developed a differentiated strategy. Um, and someone who's coming out of um, school and opening uh, his or her own law firm, um, what they first need to understand is who are they and what makes them unique? What makes them special? What makes them different? Why should someone want to hire them instead of someone else? Um, you know, there's a lot of talented lawyers out there. The world is full of, of smart, uh, skilled lawyers. Um, and, what, and what I often find, what I too often find, is that lawyers don't have an, a, a sufficient understanding of, of who they are and why someone would want to hire them in particular. And, and once they have really sat down and been uh, introspective about that, once they've found a way to be objective about themselves, their skills, their personality, their interests, um, then you can identify what, are, what target audience it would, would like that, um, would be looking for an, uh, a lawyer like that. Um, I think that generally what I recommend for people is that one, one thing that I find is that they're generally marketing too broadly. And what I recommend is they find a way to cut their target audience down into a smaller slice so that it's manageable, that um, you, really need, you really need more focus than, um, than most lawyers tend to have. Uh, the philosophy typically seems to be, um, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer, or let's say I'm a litigator, which means that I do general commercial litigation, and it doesn't matter what it is, I can do it. Now, I was a litigator a long time ago, and that's true. You never know what's going to show up on your desk next, and so um, whatever it is, you learn how to do it, and you do it, and you hopefully do it you know, effectively. Um, the problem is that doesn't help you stand out. You become so general that you become just like everybody else. And what I want is for people to stand out in some way. I want them to identify a particular subspecialty practice or uh, a particular industry that has um, a trade association that they can dominate and, and focus their marketing more so that they can get some traction going much more quickly. The problem with, with most lawyers' marketing is that they market in a very broad, general way um, and they never, they never work themselves onto the short list of anything. And what I recommend is that they identify exactly what they want to be on the, sh the, uh, the short list for, exactly what kind of work, exactly what target audience, and then work toward that specific narrow goal. And once you have that in mind, then you finally know what articles you should be writing, what speeches you should be giving, what target audience you should be networking with, what your website should look like, what blog or Twitter you, know, you should, you should have, be focused on, you know, those sorts of things. It's usually the failings of, of 90% of the lawyers that I work with, 95% of the lawyers that I work with. Their personal marketing failure is that they're just marketing too broadly. But the people who focus more, who've been more strategic in determining who they are and what makes them unique and finds a target audience that wants that thing and that is looking for lawyers who offer that, um, those people tend to be much more successful, much more effective, 
um, frankly, have a much better time. They really enjoy their practice much more, and it happens much more quickly. Great. Well, Ross, it, um, it's we're nearing the end of our program. It's time to wrap up and get your final thoughts as well as your contact information. So we'll hand that over to you. Okay. I think I think my final thoughts would relate to the difference between business development and marketing. Because business development or sales, what people are calling biz dev these days, um, is really the rainmaker activities. And everybody, when the recession hit, everybody wanted to focus on things that seemed closer to the client, the sales-related activities. And I think that's important. But neglecting marketing that is doing tactics without strategy. It's selling things to people who have never heard of you before. And it's really the correct combination of the two activities that builds your reputation, that builds the interest in people um, who are looking for um, a lawyer just like you. It makes you much more successful in your sales and, and rainmaker activities. It's the combination of the two that really is what the most successful lawyers um, uh, use to, to build their practices uh, quickly, cost-effectively, uh, and uh, you know, in a, in a, in a satisfying uh, sort of way. Um, my contact information, uh, again, it's Ross Fishman. Uh, my phone is 847-432-3546. Email at ross at Fishman Marketing. Um, website is fishmanmarketing.com. And my blog is rossfishman.com. Great. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. And thank you very much for participating today. Well, Bob, that wraps it up for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer. For our listeners, remember, now you can get CLE credit through the West Legal Ed Center for listening to Select Legal Talk Network podcasts. Go to thelegaltalknetwork.com and click on West Legal Ed Center. And let me uh, just add my thanks to uh, Ross Fishman for taking the time to be with us uh, and, and Nick Jervis also uh, in the earlier part of the program. Very interesting thoughts from both of you. And uh also, uh, let me just uh, remind our listeners that our programs are also in the uh, on iTunes, uh, in the podcast library there, and at thelegaltalknetwork.com. Great. We'll be back again next week with another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. Talk to you then. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.